Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On tonight's show, I have an excellent guest, someone who I've been in contact with for about a year talking about these smiley face killing uh, murders that are taking place around the country. And I ran into him just uh, as I was doing my research. So he was really, he's really been a valuable resource uh, for me as I'm working on the documentary and close to having it finished. But his name is Jim Smith and he runs the Smiley Face Killers America and also Drowning Men. And uh, we're happy to have him tonight. Jim, are you there? I'm there, William. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for taking the time out. I know you have a very busy schedule. This very important matter that really isn't being uh, addressed by the nationwide media, and that is this disappearance and deaths of these men, this phenomenon where they are going out or disappearing and then being found in water. You can almost predict these deaths, which is terrifying. And I know you and I have, have followed the more recent uh, disappearances and deaths of Dakota, Dakota James in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and uh, Bradley Barrett, who disappeared out of reading, uh, both in bars, both CCTV pictures, and both ended up in water almost 40 days. Uh, they were almost missing 40 days exactly, which is very strange. So, Jim, what else is going on? Can you talk about your background and how you got interested in these so-called smiley face killing deaths? Sure, William. Um, again, thanks for... Uh chatting. I appreciate and respect the work you do um, that a few have the courage to do, frankly. Um, yeah, you know, I, I learned about this over 10 years ago, um, working for a company in, in Minnesota, and they were having young men start missing and start being found in the Mississippi River or all over, um, which caught my attention. Do you remember any of those early cases that uh, that uh, the names of the uh, victims? I don't off the top of my head, but this is 2004, 2005. So this is after the Chris Jenkins case. Mm -hmm. um, but I, you know, I do remember the clip that got my attention first on the news, and it was about three young men who had um, been found in the Mississippi River in like three months in mm -hmm. Mississippi, and the water. I knew for a fact because I had just I just was out of college, was working for this company, and they were showing me around Minneapolis, and they, I knew exactly where that person had been found recently, and the water was very shallow there. And they even said so in the story that they thought it was odd that the, the young man was found in the water that was so shallow, and then that's when they brought up the other men recently, like in three months. I just thought that was strange. So that's, that's really where it started for me. And when um, did you really, st I mean, I think it intensified over time uh, as far as your research. Is that correct? Yes. Um, you know, I used to not do anything and just really didn't think about it for a couple years until I saw um, Professor Gilbertson and Detective Gannon on, on Fox News on, on a couple different shows explaining this phenomenon. And I, I, I was like, oh, I, I remember that. And, you know, it, it really got to be a pretty big story. And... I admired the work that those men were doing and, and how crazy the story was. And it was originally just 40 men back then. This is 2006, 2007. Um, and so I, I followed that for a while. And then, you know, just I only saw it on the mainstream news. I never saw anything else, didn't know anything else about it. Um, and then, you know, kind of the cases kind of ended. And then the FBI came out and said that there was no evidence uh, credible evidence that linked all these crimes, and you know that that's kind of where it stopped. Interesting. Uh, 
But and they kind of drifted off. I mean, Gannon and Gilbertson had a streak of being on TV, and then, you know, with Christy Peel, the early investigators, and then they kind of, you know, fell off of like 2008, 2009. Yeah, no, that that's true. And um, I, I was... I was pretty disappointed that that happened, and I, I thought that the media attacked them personally. Peel, Peel lost her job. Um, I, I saw people in the media criticize Detective Gannon and uh, Professor Gilbertson. And I was very disappointed because I thought that was really honorable work they were doing. And if you read the, just a couple of the cases, they were all strange in the very early cases. And, um, you know... Right, and so, I mean, they did it. I mean, I, I, I concur with you because I've read their book, uh, Case Studies in, in Forensic Drownings, and they're really brilliant books. I mean, I've read tons of books in my life, and they've done a superb job of leaving a record, uh, a very scientific investigative record in those books of those early deaths, you know. So uh, they really did a fantastic, uh, fantastic job with those books. And I believe Peel, she had a website, I think it was called SF Killers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Which For a while. disappeared. Yeah. I don't. Unfortunately, all that information's lost. I've I've come across different pieces of it, but uh, it's still out there somewhere. Hopefully. I'm sure she's got it somewhere on her drive. You know, I don't I don't know what happened to Christy personally, but I I think she didn't like it for her career. I'm just speculating. I can understand um, uh, her taking a lot of flack. I know what she's up to these days, and I've tried to contact her, but um, unfortunately, she hasn't taken the time to just touch base with me. Unfortunately. I've, I've actually tried many years back, and uh, she did the same thing for me. Didn't want to talk about it, and I, you know I understand. I just I'm I'm frustrated, like a lot of people, that more people don't have the courage to try to help educate people, uh, warn people. You know, um, when these men go missing immediately, you know the con. We have to be having that conversation immediately. That hey, it is not he did not run away. This kid has been abducted, and this is serious. You know, it's so, the, the media and law enforcement, it, it's really frustrating how long it takes for them to get serious about it. I mean, Dakota James, like you just mentioned, they weren't even having that conversation for weeks, right? No, uh, agreed. I mean, I think that there was definitely some, uh, the family and friends were, were holding that line that he had been abducted, but the police said, you know, there's no evidence. I think they publicly said, there was no evidence of him being abducted, and uh, so they didn't do anything. And I think that's actually a common phenomenon or theme amongst all of these cases is that the police um, passivity, you know, and inactivity is pretty remarkable. They really, yeah. you know, I think that this this particular kind of MO of these victims uh, inhibits police involvement because they just don't see any evidence of activity. The person was there, and now they're not. So that they just put it as a missing persons case instead of an active yeah. abduction case, which is unfortunate because you do have um, other cases where, like, for example, some of these uh, young girls, what is it, Megan's Law, where they, if they're abducted, the notification goes out, cars are, you know, plastered all throughout at least the state of California in these public places. So there seems to be a response for those those children, which is excellent. But if you're a young man and you're out late at night and disappear... You know, it's uh, nothing really happens. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, nope. You're on your own, and they treat families that way. Um, I can say because I've spoken to many families, and a, a majority of people are treated with a great deal of disrespect 
when one of their young men, one of their family members of young men or fathers um, are abducted and are disappeared. And they, it takes them a long time before they'll even let them put in a missing persons report. Um, That's remarkable. I mean, yeah, it's so important in those early stages. And Yeah, I mean, I totally agree because somebody might see something, somebody might know something, and somebody could report something dependent upon where this person is or whether they know somebody who's acting strangely in that community. I mean, we know that these these people, when they're abducted, are probably with great, you know, there's a great chance that they are still somewhere there because their bodies are found close to where they were abducted, you know? Yeah. I mean, there are very unusual cases where they're found far away. There's one in Boston where a guy was abducted out of Boston and was found, you know, in the water 60 miles away. Matt Stoner from uh, Pennsylvania was, uh, you know, disappeared out of, I think it was Williamsport, and he was found... Yeah downriver you know 870 uh, i think it was 60 miles or something so those do occur sometimes but most of the time i mean for example Close the, most the most recent cases yeah dakota james vetter bradley vetter out of reading you know found right in the river right right close by so i'm assuming they're some they're somewhere you know somewhere in that general area so um yeah but it's it's really a remarkable phenomenon and i think that that police act inactivity also uh it, it it it's a it's a shortcoming and a, and a failure in not sending out a warning, you know, because they don't they don't they're not terming it as an abduction. They're just saying a missing person. Two totally different, very distinct, you know, public statements. Totally different. It's almost it's completely different from like females, like what you said, how a missing person's treated. And most people think that men can't be abducted. Right. What we're seeing, we've seen for years. That that is not the case. Um, it needs to, we need to be taking it seriously, and that's kind of why I was saying, you know, get back to how I started doing this. That's kind of why I started doing this because after Gilbertson and Gannon were attacked and this kind of fell from the wayside, I I forgot about it, and I would see other stories occasionally in the news about young men across the country um, being found in water and think that's strange, but it really. It, the light bulb went on, and I, it changed my life in a way. And it was the week before um, it was the division championship in the NFL between the Green Bay Packers and the New York Giants. And it was the year the New York Giants won the Super Bowl, and, uh, and the Green Bay Packers were um, defending champs. And they were playing the game, division championship game, to go to the Super Bowl to repeat as Super Bowl champions. Well, Week the week before the game, um, Michael Philbin was disappeared and was found in the river the next day. And I was watching Sports Center at nine o'clock in the morning at my house with my my wife, and I very clearly remember Linda Cohn coming on and explaining about Michael Philbin's son, of offensive coordinator of the Super Bowl champion Packers, about how their son had been found drowned right. and had he out at night. And I thought that was strange. And Linda Cohn went on to explain that I wish I had a video of this on SportsCenter. And she explained that many witnesses could hear Michael screaming for help, but no one could find him until they found him hours later dead in the river. And when that happened, I mean, I, I haven't been the same since. I started Googling. I went to Footprints on the River's Edge. I started reading about all the young men in Wisconsin. And it was over 20 easily that you could Google that came up. Right. So, some very notable cases. And he died, it was January 2012, 
was Michael Philbin, um, and that was the Fox River in Wisconsin, right? Correct. Does that sound familiar? And there were other cases from Wisconsin, early ones, uh, Nathan Cape Kapfer, Jeffrey ah. Giese, Jared Dion, um, and then some in Minnesota that were nearby, you know, Dan Zamlin, Jelani Brinson, and those were all ones that were covered by uh, Gandhi yes. and, and Gilbertson in their book, so in detail, really very... Very clear, they show a lot of forensic evidence that these guys were abducted. You know, that that book that they wrote, Drowning Forensics, really is the best thing that's been put out about this subject. Agreed, and 100%. Act by the media. Yeah. Professor Robertson and Detective Gannon wanted to put out their own record unfiltered, and they did it. They took the they, – they, it's great. Break it down to me. You don't need if you're wondering, you're on the fence about what's going on, if this is just purely accidents, if you read this book, it's it it, it makes a it shows point. that the pattern is real, these guys there's a there's a right. time frame of disappearances. Yeah, I totally I totally agree. I think they make their case in a very uh reasoned and uh sub- substantial manner that, you know, this this is clear case. And I totally agree. If people can get their hands on this book if they're interested in the subject, it's a very important book. Um, I was surprised. I didn't really, I had heard about the book for a while. When I finally got it, I was uh, pretty much blown away. Like this is, these people will, the, the names, they did a great service to the dead young men in those families by, yeah. you know, leaving that record because um, like people like for me and probably you, for, uh, for example, are able to really, you know, dig deep into the times and, and dates and events of each one of those person's lives. Teaches you how to look at evidence as an amateur, right? And how to see how long a body will naturally rise to the surface, how long a body stays in rigor mortis. And, you know, I'm not a a pathologist, I don't, but they plainly explain to normal people what you can look for in these cases and prove just by asking simple questions. That these young men were not murdered. This was, this was not an accident. These men are murdered. Right. Um, time of death, right? How long in water? What yep. stage of risk? You know, um, and it, that's that's really something that's very valuable. That that's that's one of the best books I've ever written. I mean, I've ever read. Excuse me. Um, they did do a really great service to not just the people and the, the victims in that book, but all the other men and, and other people they inspired, like myself, like you. Um, you know, who are really just trying to get the message out. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Because, I mean, as a human being, what's going on is just, how can you, if you're not, if, if you're able to see this and not do anything to help stop it or warn people, yeah. you're not, your yeah. job is. A... It's a remarkable situation to watch a kind of slow rolling serial killing take place over multiple jurisdictions. And it's odd, too, how how these jurisdictions kind of change. It's a really one of the more bizarre phenomenons is how Boston will be very busy, then Philadelphia and Minnesota, and then uh, Bristol and Bath, you know, yes. how Bristol and Bath in so, South e, uh, Southwestern England. So it's uh, really something else, you know. That's a great point, William. I mean, you're exactly right. And I've been keeping records for the last three and a half years by month and state some stories. And that's what my, my Twitter account is. Basically I tweet young men. I think that are 
are victims who are immediately abducted, and I tweet their story out every day when I see victims, and I follow up with the story, and almost they're all almost always they're found in water. All the, I mean, and my Twitter account is it's uh, smiley face cult at drowning victim or drowning victims, excuse me, drowning victims at smiley face cult. Thanks. Uh, so what when they go to Twitter, they type in drowning victims. Yes. Okay, gotcha. I, I misstated. I said drowning men earlier, so I apologize. Um, it's drowning victims, and then also you do a smiley face killer America. Is that right? Yes, uh, I, I I post on Facebook. That's our that's our group, and I I post victims uh, wherever I see them all over the country. But you're but what both of those outlets show the information we collect shows what you just said exactly. Like one area of the country will heat up. And it is blazing hot, and it'll be young man after young man after young man, and it, they are all find, being found in Washington. I mean, in the water, right. and we are literally in one of those times about Pennsylvania. I mean, it's it's really breathtaking that more people. This isn't a bigger story. I mean, it it seems that the media is trying to. They're deliberate. ignoring it. It's almost like they're de- deliber- uh, deliberately omitting these connections between uh, missing people. I mean, it's remarkable, right? Uh, and they, and they're not making ties between old cases. So, and there there have been a couple bloggers that have actually talked about it, but there hasn't been anything that I've seen um, from that media because you know the disappearance of Dakota James and Brad Vetter are are not unique in in Pennsylvania. You know, I was going through and looking at these other ones. There was Lance James that was outside of Philly, but in Jersey, that was last year. And then you have these other odd ones like Jimmy. Sl- uh, I think his name was Jimmy Slack. He was at um, a yeah, on the north north shore, I think of uh, Pittsburgh. I think it was or Philly. He was in, in one of those cities where he was at a concert, disappeared, then found right in water, already been searched. I mean, Dane Montgomery. Yep, Montgomery, right. Montgomery was, uh, he was in Maniunk, right? Uh, no, he was in Philly. Yeah, he, that was North Philly, North Philly on the water, right? Yes. That's right, that's right. Um, and I, you know yeah. what, I, I also noticed that there was another guy, Emmanuel Farrington in 2011. Do you ever hear his story? Of course. Yeah, so, yes. yeah, that was one where his car was found in water, the door was open, but his body wasn't found. Then it was found six weeks later upriver, um, which just make does make no sense. Like, how are you going upriver from where your car was? Um, you know, unless there's some kind of great tidal pull there, which I don't know. That's common, though, what you just said about victims being found upriver. I mean, it's almost like the killers are daring the media to ask those questions. And that happened in... Um, in England, outside of London, with Ben Savage, who disappeared on a pier. Nobody knows where he went, but then he was found upriver. Like, it didn't make sense. Why aren't you floating and, you know, of course, disappeared. Nobody knows how, did he jump in the water, or did somebody abduct him out there? They don't know. know, Yeah, I think that's pretty obvious, don't you? Well, Uh, Shane Montgomery's a perfect example. Shane Montgomery disappears out of this part of Philadelphia, northwest Philadelphia, out of a bar, he walked to a, a parking lot, which is a real danger zone, actually, in a lot of these cases, wherever there are cars, disappears. And he, the, the level of the water there, the average water level was four feet deep. And so there's a massive search ma- and massive, massive search. And then he's found in four feet of water 
um, I think it was like six weeks later, like total uh, two months later or something. If I remember, I can't remember the exact date. But this is a guy, and he fit the same profile, and it's remarkable that nobody said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, we checked this already. We've already checked this area, and now he shows up." It's very strange the the kind of uh, that people aren't aren't just sounding the alarm bells that hey guys, ah. this is a problem. It's part political correctness, yeah, though I, I think like so. to say because how dare you even say that young men are being abducted and drowned? How dare you? That's crazy. That's a conspiracy theory. Spirit. Right, right. Um, but you know, any rational person when they see enough and they read enough cases, yeah. But there's not enough places for people to see enough of these cases. That's why I run my group that, on Facebook. That's why I do what I do. People can go and see this and put yeah. it to... No, you make an excellent point. I mean, I think that that's very important. There's been other writers who've been covered these cases, but I think, you know, some names I, I won't reply, I won't state uh, on a radio show, but I think that, you know, it has, yeah, I think that it hasn't publicized as like, hey, these people are abducted and these people are murdered, you know what I mean? Some people have looked at it differently. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's incredible. Just incredible. Like I really probably didn't hit the ground running, you know, till mid you know, till uh, Joy Labute, Columbus, Ohio, and once I really started keeping an eye on these cases, it's incredible. And I've written on my Facebook page, and you've seen that is that I've done videos on like seven or eight people who I made the video about their disappearance, and then they show up dead in water, you know, all over. So it was also Vetter, Dakota James, Lance James. Lewis Ball and Deacon Wilkins out of Bristol. Henry Burke was, uh, I talked about was, oh no, that, Henry Burke was uh, Bath. And then Ben Savage was outside of London. So, yeah, it's incredible. No, uh, you're right, you, but you're not counting Labute as well. Joey Labute, right. So then Joey Labute and, and, yeah, and better. Yeah, it's great. All people since then. It's, it's really astounding. I don't think anybody has been able to put together, um, that what's going on in Europe is connected to America and what's going on with the rest of the world. And I will tell you why I know that they're connected is because of the holidays. And a lot of the cases um, are on the same nights in Europe and in America and Canada. Where, right? Right. There are are holidays that there are absolutely being worked by groups of people across all of those countries, and their their job is to go out and abduct a young man. And this happens on Halloween. This happens on Thanksgiving. New this Year's. Happens, this happens on New Year's Eve. Yep. This happens on St. Patrick's Day. This happens on 420. This happens um, any uh, Cinco de Mayo, spring break. You know, we, we've started to see the last couple years that, you know, there were never any – these murders at spring breaks. Well, they've started to work the spring breaks. There was a kid last year in St. Padre Island in Texas, left a concert, found in the water a few days later. Yeah. And so, South Padre, right? Do you remember, his, do you remember his name? I, I, I can look it up. I don't have it in front of me. But, but it's also interesting. I came across a, uh, I was reading an article about the death of Mark Kilroy. He was in Matamoros, but he was at a party late at night and was lured away. So, it's kind of like another example of how that's like a hunting zone, you know, where people are out late night. Mark Kilroy was one of the Matamoros victims for the guy's name was El, Padri- uh, El Padrino, this 
Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Alonso, this kind of black magician. But it was interesting that there were kind of, it wasn't the same, uh, one of these smiley face killer cases, but it was a, a situation that fit the pattern. Young man, um, uh, late he, at night, lured away. With, he was with his friends, drinking, lured away, and disappeared, man, gone. Leaving a party. Yep. That's a, I, I speculate that I've seen case after case after case across the country of young men leaving a frat party, yep. walking by themselves, leaving the bars, walking by themselves, and they're gone. Yep. Always they're by themselves, you know, like Matt Grendel was one of those guys, and he was in Pennsylvania, uh, St. Paddy's Day party, drinking, and was at some kind of frat thing, walked out by himself, disappeared, found him water 78 days later, you know. Christmas parties. Yep. It's another one. So I've seen a lot of people leaving Christmas parties, um, which is just nuts. It's yeah, man. It's inc- it's just incredible how it's uh, how this phenomenon is is really global. I was told about a case in um, Poland that it, that that have something like that happened. There was another one of a young man in Spain. I wish I could. I think it was Bice. Do you remember that guy, the American uh-huh. tr- tourist? You know, France, yeah. Italy, yep. Australia. Yeah, there was one, and there was a couple in Rome, right? A couple of college students in Rome who were out drinking and ended up in the river. Yeah, they were. Uh, one was in the military. Yeah, which is another group of people who were targeted. Yep. Oh, God, that's um, amazing. Pretty, pretty scary stuff. You know, it's uh, again the same nights. All these victims. If you if you look this stuff up and you can find victims on the same night in multiple places, yeah, uh, yeah, it's amazing. Know, pretty 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 incredible. It's pretty incredible. I mean, so in your you know you've, uh, I mean I can't think of anybody in really that's work that's kind of investigating these cases now and in twenty fourteen fifteen sixteen that's done such a superb job as you you know of all the people that i've researched and I come across and i've read steph young's books and but you've really noticed so many of these cases it's just incredible i mean it's i've noticed seven who've ended up in water how many have you predicted in your own research after they've been abducted ended up in water what do you think that number is gosh sadly honestly i probably a hundred it's incredible it's uh, you know it, that you see just because the cases all read the same. I mean, it's continuing to happen all the time. Young men, you know, the stories just, they all say the same thing. Family perplexed yep. where loved one is. Not right? usual for John to be out, you know, yeah. Unusual, yep. right? Last seen at 2 a.m. Yep. Um, you know, not like them or the strange text messages, the... Right. It's, it's it's yeah I, I appreciate you saying that it's that's kind of why when i got into doing this is that i was always able to find cases after they happened but because of twitter and the internet i'm able to see cases the instantaneously the next day two days later and you're able to, uh, that's what really what I, my my intention has been to, to help families get some support at least have somebody out there saying whether it's you know just saying this person fits the profile, um, you know you need to do something more, right? right. Just to give somebody a resource because um, I mean, if you've contacted a lot of people have contacted you, a lot of these disappeared families, families of the young men disappeared have gotten in contact with you. Is that correct? Yeah, some I've, I've 
I, I get contacted by victims' families, and I've contacted other people. I mean, um, I originally used to not do that. I just started going to some crime scenes myself, and um, I was working on a story with a reporter about uh, here in Georgia about all the young men that keep disappearing here and are being found in the water here in Georgia. Same thing. And, you know, I, I started off by working with one family and it grew to some other families. And, um, you know, I, I, I just want to help them because they don't really get a whole lot of help from the media or law enforcement at all. They don't know what to do. Um, well, I had my first experience with Dakota James, one of his associates. I'll leave it at that. Contacted me and just asked, just pick my brain, you know, for a half an hour. What should I do? What should I look for? What, what do you think can happen? And then, unfortunately... This was between the time he disappeared and ended up dead. But, you know, it's probably something similar to what you experienced with the, uh, with the, the, the family members. Yeah, you know, I've, I've, had, I've had sometimes people are angry at me that I put that stuff out. And when we start talking, I'll talk to them and explain myself. And, you know, they're always floored. Like, how did you know that? Right? And then they'll start asking me questions and you – you almost like turn somebody around that just by pointing out things that are that are askew and that they think too, but they just don't know how to explain it themselves, right? And right. then if they're allowed to see other cases that mirror their victims, it's you know that's what needs to happen more. Yeah. Um, well, it was interesting. I noticed the family of Dakota James. They started making a list of similar cases in in Pittsburgh, and uh, you know so they were definitely putting their feet on the ground. You know, making connections and correlations to similar cases, which uh, was good. You know, unfortunately, the the ending was a tragedy for them. And I've noted, you know, in the families that I've contacted and come across, these people are destroyed. I mean, their lives are just when these these young men are dead, they're gone. I mean, there was one that was heartbreaking. One was interesting in my research into these cases is how many people set up Facebook pages, and they just left them up. You know, so. It's very easy for me to go back and follow the timeline of disappearance, the investigation, the family searches, um, and so many of them. Just really, there's somebody out there just looking, and the mothers particularly, you know, when their their son disappears, they just, every day, they're out looking around wherever they can go. So I saw those on Facebook, but one was of a young man whose name I won't mention, but people are still posting on his Facebook page seven years after he disappeared, you know, talking to him, saying they miss him, you know, it just breaks your heart. Yeah. Lives are being ruined. Yeah. yeah. Lives are being ruined and we're not doing enough to stop this. I mean, it's, it's so tragic that a majority of these victims are young men in the prime of their lives. Yeah, the they're parents. always super healthy. Almost none of them have health related problems or anything, you know, they're all uh, good shape. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, I think it, it. I think the word just has to get out. Everybody just has to do, and hope this. I think this interview will help that, uh, helping that that people will be able to listen to it and uh, warn their family members that they really the men just really aren't safe. And that was kind of the assumption. Women know they're not safe at bars. They know that they could get drugged. They oh. know they stick together. But men don't have that uh, fear that they should because these these killings are an indication that. Um, you're not safe at night at those bars. You just really aren't. You could end up in the worst, you know, it could end up ending your life if you're not careful. So men need to stay together and groups need to stay together. 
And that's also another interesting thing, aspect, and you know this too, about some of these cases is that these people will be out alone and meet up with a different group of people and then never be seen again. So Van Zant, for example, Hermosa Beach. Uh, this is, I mean, I go down to Hermosa all the time. This is my kind of neighborhood. And there are tons of different groups of people. And this guy Van Zant is out with friends and family partying, wanders over to a liquor store. The last time he's seen is in a parking lot with a group of people that he didn't know and nobody knew. And now gone. Then they're gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely, I think a lot of victims, from what I've seen, that's a great point, that I, I think that they trust the people they're with. They obviously, they trusted the wrong people, people they don't normally hang out with. Yeah. I mean, cases in Pennsylvania where these men are leaving and they're just walking away, you know, they've been on their phone. Who are they talking to, right? right. I mean, Joey LaBute, you- LaJoy LaBute was on his phone on some mail app. In, I've had actually people send me stuff about how easy it is to spoof um, personalities or people on uh, Grinder or some of these other ones. You know, you don't have to be that person, the verification isn't good. So, um, you know, and that, that was uh, Dakota James as well on the phone. And actually, I think uh, Brad Barrett was on the phone. I think you can hey, see you can see him on the phone in the bar when you look at the CCTV. So those are all recent cases. Can you think of other, other people who met up with different groups? And, oh, any. Yeah, I can't think of, I mean, I remember there was the Van Zant. It was... Uh. Um, and he's never been found. He was disappeared. So he was one that, Don't you know, unfortunately, him. his family hasn't had closure. But he fit the same profile, you know, of a lot of these other ones. Veteran, you know, yeah, other veteran, high- right. Yeah, that California. seems to be a common. A lot of military people, yeah. A lot of military. There's been, uh, I think, off the top of my head, just this year has been five. That's right. Yeah, I think you sent one out. There was one in uh, San Antonio or or Houston, right? An African American uh, guy, Lance James. There was a, no, there, there, yeah, Lance James. Good point. Yeah, he's an ex-military. Um, in uh, San Antonio. San Antonio. That was the guy. What was his? I can't remember his name. He was another one. Yeah. So Texas isn't out of it. I mean, happens in California. California. We've had two cases or three cases this year or two. One was Robertson, in that was Pyramid Lake, and then How Halbig or Hartwig, I think it was in. Lake Arrowhead or near Lake Arrowhead. So those were, yeah. yeah. All these cases, too, I was going to say, just all these cases we're talking about, if people want to look them up, they're all posted on uh, Smiley Face Killers America on Facebook or on my Twitter page. So if you were interested and you want to learn all that stuff, I I think that's a great point, though, is that, um, you know, uh, San Francisco has the California Five. That's something that's pretty popular I, I i absolutely believe that they're involved in this um because california has cases on southern cal and northern cal and right. that um there was there one are... uh asian kid or asian young man who was in like newport or something like that huntington beach at a bar disappeared found in Hun. the canal yeah Hun. yeah Hun. <laughs> he was he was another promising kind of young guy college age it almost seems, you know what's interesting too, a lot of these cases, what there isn't. There's not like an emo kid or somebody who dyed his hair black or somebody's overweight. It's almost. Overweight, sure. Right? It's, 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 uh, people always weigh under 200 pounds. Yeah. I've only two cases that I speculate are involved, and they were 250, but they were athletes. Um, 
but it was Kara George or whatever. That he was uh Kara George. I think he was a victim. He was a wrestler on Ohio State football team. He was found shot to death in a dumpster, right? Next to the river, and the FBI was watching the river, and Kara George disappeared on a night that they have a tradition where the whole school up there at Ohio State goes and jumps in a lake. And he disappeared that night. And Costa Kara George was a wrestler, um, like many other victims. And he, but, but they didn't – I think he was one of the few victims who fought back. They said he was suicide, but he had multiple gunshots. Right. Um, but he's the biggest victim I've ever seen, I think. Him and, yeah. and Colin Finnerty. Finnerty, right, yeah. Those are both outliers. Those are both on the end of the bell curve, no doubt. Yeah, Finnerty was another one, yeah. You know, um, but yeah, usually under 200 pounds, yeah. people who are smaller, people speculate that's because they're easier to carry. Right, makes sense. Makes sense. It's easier to handle, too. You're not going to get some 220-pound linebacker or 240-pound uh, person, you know, difficult to, to handle. The... Uh, I mean, Finnerty was in a kind of a nexus zone, too, up there in Minnesota as well. There were, that was where one of the early cases, Guybe, um, was found, um, kind of maybe 50 miles south of where Finnerty was. There was a lot going on around there, a lot of Ann Arbor. And Guybe yeah. was the one where, after uh, he was buried, somebody came and put a smiley face on his gravestone. Yeah, I remember that story. Yeah, yeah the, You know, not every state, I tell you, it's it's interesting. If you look at the information that I've collected, there are states that just there aren't victims. There are a couple, maybe. You know, maybe uh, like what? Like there's nobody in Nevada. There's nobody in. Uh, sometimes there's Idaho, been. No, nope. maybe there's one or two in Arizona. Maybe nothing. Nobody in New Mexico, right? No, uh, there's been a couple people in New Mexico. Yeah, but not to your traditional smiley face. Uh, New Mexico, they've had people who were hiking, found in the same place where they have like fallen vanished like that happened over five victims in the same spot in new mexico interesting yeah yeah i'm not familiar with that west virginia is like one of the few places there might have been maybe one victim you don't see much you don't see much in kansas um interesting you know but the rest i mean the busiest states i'll just say the worst cases in the last few years are for sure um Minneapolis, uh, Wisconsin, New York, Chicago, um, Atlanta, Boston, right, San Francisco, uh, Southern Cal, uh, Texas, um, Gulfport, Mississippi. Interesting, uh, right. Yeah. That was uh, know, Rennie Jose, right? Wasn't he Gulfport? Uh, Rennie Jose was in Panama City, Panama which City. is, I, I've grown up going down there, and Rennie Joseph. Um, was on spring break from the University of Texas, um, and he vanished, and he's still not been found. And there was a kid a month later, seven miles down the same road, named uh, Cameron Smith, ended up in a pond. Um, I investigated both uh, crime scenes myself. I found some pretty interesting things at both places. Uh, there have been other victims, young men who have been found in the water down there i would say probably six victims seven possible victims in the panama city beach uh, there was a victim on the there was a victim on the two-year anniversary of rennie joseph this year, last year and he was another spring breaker 
and he disappeared drinking, and he they found him at the bottom of a um, a parking garage, and he had he was a victim of a fall, or so they said. But police couldn't figure out how he got there or how he jumped or whatever. Right. But uh, and Rennie, Rennie Jose, yeah, Rennie Jose was uh, drinking with friends and got separated, right? Um, he was on the beach on the with beach. friends yeah. in Panama City, and um, he vanished. And all they found were his clothes, half of his clothes, uh, buried in the sand. And the police said that he possibly took LSD and that he um, had gone into the ocean. Well, mm. I investigated the scene myself. I went there. And there's, let me tell you that there's no possible way that he went into the ocean and didn't come out because that area, is, he'd have been found. Gotcha. Uh, two, they were on the other side of the road. There's a big pond, a huge pond there with, um, I, I think that's where he is. Gotcha. And what's the strangest thing about all of that is that I've gone, there's right there where he went missing, there was an underground tunnel a drainage tunnel under the beach that goes to the other side of the street where that pond is. Mm -hmm. And you can walk in it. And it's the only place I've ever seen like that in Panama city. And, um, what's crazy is that the kid, the later Cameron Smith was found in the pond after missing five days. They blamed LSD on it, on him too. Oh, interesting. So LSD was the thing. Wow. He looked at Rennie Jose looked pretty straight laced. Yeah. I mean, his family, that's another family who yeah. uh, aches for closure. You know, I've looked on their Facebook, no. and they just, they got nothing. You know, they don't horrible. have anything. Yeah, it's horrible. There was actually some cases in Portland, too, up in the West. Uh, there was British yeah. Columbia, some yeah. in Canada. There was a couple strange things happening in Canada. You know, yeah. so the the phenomena, what, you know, it's, uh, yeah, nothing in Miami that I know of, which I find in interesting. Florida? Yeah, South Florida. Oh, absolutely. Maybe, there is something in Multiple Yes, sir. Uh, Miami, um, Orlando, uh, Jacksonville, many victims in Jacksonville, um, couple in Tampa. Um, Interesting. I didn't know that. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, you know, students and, you know, other people, couples, um, leaving bars, you know. Same MO, same stuff, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's not always, too, it's not always, in my opinion, just people being found in the water. I, I think, and I've seen many cases where the v- people go missing, then they're mysteriously found in their car, in their submerged car. Interesting. And, um, see, see that a lot. Wow. So, um, I mean, do you want to talk about, like, your home turf is Atlanta. Do you want to talk about some of the kind of local cases that you think have uh, been associated with this phenomenon? Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I work, I, I'm more involved here in Georgia, and there have been many, many, many young men here in, in Atlanta, in the metro area, that are going missing the same way, some leaving bars, some not, um, being found mysteriously murdered in water. Um, I got... I started doing this on social media and Facebook as a way of getting out the message because um, nobody else was reporting it, and I'm trying to go around the media. And I I got involved because I felt like I had to do something because there was one case here, and he went missing immediately, and I thought it was suspicious. 
and they found him three weeks later in the river. And this was, uh, I guess, back in 2012. His name was Blake Cowart. Mm-hmm. Uh, he walked outside of his house at 3 in the morning. He disappeared and was found three weeks later in the river behind his house. Um, the, the, the river he was found in is the Etowah River. It's uh, a fast-flowing river. He was found exactly where he was, and I, I was lucky enough to meet and talk to his family, and they shared with me the, some details that I'm sure I'm allowed to say. And you know, he didn't. He was. They said he was an accidental drowning, and they blamed it on drugs. And he didn't have any drugs in his body, in, in his screen, and he didn't have. And he had very little water in his lungs. Um, so that was the first case, and it's and it kept going. Um, where right. there was, that was uh, 2013, May 7th, 2013. So fairly, yes. re- fairly recent. Okay, it's been, and so after him, um, there were you know it just continued. Another then another young man went missing, and then another, and there's been other you know young men missing in Georgia that keep finding. But you know I would know that just by the. I'm from here. Right. I've never seen young men go missing or being found in the water. Um, yeah, it's a fairly recent phenomenon. If you go back and look at stories in the 50s and 70s, 60s and 70s, 80s, you don't hear these stories as much. You hear maybe drowning, accidental drowning of people at certain lakes like they actually go swimming, but not disappear from a bar and then found in water. That This seems to be a more recent phenomenon within the last... You know, quarter century. Yeah, and, and all these people. That's it's, that's why it's so asinine that these excuses that are used. That well, he was drunk and he accidentally fell in the water, but he, you know, he was so incoherent that he couldn't get out. I mean, I could buy that for one story. You know, you might be able to sell me that on one story, but when it's victim after victim after victim, I mean, how many does it take before people? Start investigating it. It's it's almost like I don't I don't want to disrespect law enforcement because their jobs are very difficult and they do us a great service. But not asking questions and not speaking out and doing the work that needs to be done, they're not helping anybody. Well, one one of these aspects of these cases is that these where the the bodies are placed is a deception. You know, so the police are coming to a conclusion other than than what's really happening, other than murder. So. And if they don't see that pattern like other people do, then that's going to be their first conclusion. Oh, accidental or, you know, drugs or something like that. So it's, yeah. I think that that's, that's the intention of this, you know, certain M.O. of these perpetrators is that, you know, they want to uh, deceive the police. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's just... Or the authorities, yeah. It's and that that they won't ask simple questions out of fear of retribution or being called names, right? Well, that's a good point. I bet there's a lot of career um, implications of taking a position that is unpopular or unique. You know, it's probably much yeah. easier to write on a forensic, you know, autopsy that it was accidental than actually say, you know, this is unknown. They've actually gone back in some of these cases, and called things different. I know that, the, the, for example, the Chris Jenkins case, they initially called it accidental or misadventure and then went back after another autopsy and said murder. You know, So they actually had enough guts. Well, there was actually force by the family. By pressure. By pressure the by media. the family, yeah. Correct. Not because they were doing the right thing. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. you can hear that Jan Jenkins interview with Ed Opperman. I talked to Jan too, so that's the Opperman report. You can also hear my interview with um, Elise Soper. She she's talked a lot about the um, Boston cases. So we, you know, you can look that up. William Ramsey investigates. If you're interested yep. in more information, if the listeners are more interested, but we're kind of coming to the end here, Jim. Do you want to just restate where people can follow your information? Uh, where online they can can access that. William, um, thanks again for sure. You can follow me and you can make up your own mind by the information that I put out publicly, um, either on uh, drowning victims at Smiley Face Cult on Twitter or uh, Smiley Face Killers America on Facebook. Um, we only, we, I only post victims who meet the profile. You make your mind up for yourself. That's what I want everybody to do. And to please talk to people, tell people, warn people, you know, tell them to go read it for themselves. If you have kids um, who are between the ages of 16 to in college, maybe in their early 30s, tell them, warn people, because this is this keeps happening because people are not um, able to hear what's actually happening from the media. Right. Excellent point. They're just not aware. That's excellent advice, Jim. So I think that's uh, a great way to end. So Jim Smith of Smiley Face Killers America or Drowning Victims. So please go check out his stuff. He's really doing uh, an excellent job. So thank you again, Jim, for being on the show. William, 